0: Thanks for pressing play. You're listening to the Brody Windsor Group on Real Estate, the podcast for homeowners seeking guidance and support on everything related to owning a home. This includes much more than just buying or selling. We've got you covered for everything from mortgages and financing to home maintenance tips, renovation and design advice, and of course, the latest insights and analysis on what's happening in our local communities. In today's episode, we'll be diving deep into the world of plumbing, My guest is Jason Schwartzman, the founder and owner of Precision Plumbing. You probably know him if you're a member of the Homeowners Advisory Club, as they've been in our directory of trusted service providers and tradespeople since the beginning. Jason is here to give us expert insights on all things plumbing related to help keep your home running smoothly. You'll hear about essential tips and tricks to prevent plumbing emergencies, plan successful bathroom and kitchen renovations, and ensure the longevity of your plumbing infrastructure. From unclogging drains to preserving cast iron pipes, we've got you covered. Yep. Welcome, Jason. It's great Thank to have you.
1: Thanks for having me. So how you been? How, how was uh, the summer? I've been good. Summer's been good. A little bit ups and downs in terms of work. Lots of things changed. Job styles change on a regular basis. So it's, uh,
0: it's always fun to do something new every day. Yeah, you were just uh, mentioning before we, uh, we hit record there. So, uh, you know, with the, the obviously the changes in the market, what we're seeing, uh, you were just mentioned the types of jobs you're seeing has has shifted a little bit. Maybe tell me what's yeah, happening. So out
1: there. So obviously you deal with mortgages and the mortgage rates are increasing. So people are l- borrowing less. When you borrow less, you renovate less. And if you renovate less, then that cuts you know, work for me and for contractors I work with on a regular basis. And we've really switched back into a lot more emergencies, blockages, and just overall service and repairs. That's uh, definitely affected uh, the business this year.
0: Okay. So this, this leads into uh, my first question is, what we want to give homeowners today is some insights <clears throat> into what should they be aware of when it comes to their plumbing infrastructure in the home. And there's are there a lot of things that you're seeing on a regular basis um, you know, that keep coming up, problems that keep coming up? over and over
1: again. Right, so the first one that I have been noticing is people are buying lower quality fixtures. Toilets, faucets, um, and just things like that. When you buy the low quality and you're looking for the deal at Canadian Tire or Costco, you get what you pay for. It also means that we have to visit more for either repairs or full replacements for something better. So if you spend that extra 50 bucks on a quality fixture, you will save in the long term.
0: And what should we be looking for? Like, how do we know what's a high quality versus low quality? Is it strictly price?
1: Uh, not strictly price. It's more brand and a lot of reviews. You know, if you're buying stuff from Amazon, or you're getting, you know, the Costco deal that's you know ninety eight dollars for a toilet, it may not flush uh, everything you want it to. So you want to go with the trusted brands: American Standard, Moen, Delta. You want to stay away from
0: online orders, stuff that we can't get parts here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, in terms of you know plumbing infrastructure in the home, what, what are the different systems that, that we should be aware of? I mean, maybe go from the basement all the way up to the roof.
1: Sure. It really depends on the age of the home. Okay. So a lot of homes are, you know, built in the 60s or later. Um, and you really have a lot of cast iron. Now cast iron's on its lifespan, right? <clears throat> it's going to last 60 to 80 years and we're, we're hitting that. you know 1960 to, to 2020, that's your 60 year span. So everyone's on the way out. Now if you're going to start putting down products like Drano, which is a strong acid which will corrode your cast iron, then you'll end up with something like a horseshoe pipe, you know there's no bottom. And then your pipe will sink into the earth over time while the ground shifts, And that will lead to a very, very
0: expensive um, repair. What kind of what kind of what are we talking if that happens?
1: It's very invasive. Um, As you know, we've done similar repairs to your house. Um, You have to break the slab.
0: Yeah. So So I was lucky because I was doing uh, a a bathroom in the basement. So we were already breaking the, the concrete and the. The basement was completely uh, open and and gutted and ready to go and it was at that point that you you know notified me hey scott
1: yeah so we were just trying to put in a regular uh, bathroom in the basement you know no problems it was already quoted and then when we broke up and found the cast iron it was completely rotten what's really interesting about cast iron and knowing it's rotten is the sound that it can make when you hit it with a hammer it's either going to make a very dull noise like a tuck tuck sound versus you know brand new cast iron it'll make more of a ringing sound, you know, ding, ding, ding. And that's really how you can tell. Once you cut it, you'll see the wall thickness of the cast iron. It's supposed to be a quarter of an inch. And when it's rotten, it'll be a sixteenth or paper thin. Thin enough to be able to take a screwdriver and poke right through it. So the invasive repairs for the cast iron is obviously no fun for most clients. On top of that, when we were doing the bathroom, we also have to make sure that your bathroom was protected properly, meaning backwater valves, right? Um, I think you're in Beaconsfield, so yeah. Beaconsfield has a very fun bylaw that once you start working on the main drain in the home, you have to put in a mainline normally opened backwater valve as opposed to an isolated backwater valve on the fixtures, which is called normally closed, and it's exactly how it sounds. A normally closed backwater valve, the flapper is always shut unless water comes through it and opens the flapper to allow all the sewage to go into the collector, right? Okay. Versus a normally opened one is it's opened at all times unless water rushes backwards from the city, and then it closes automatically. Okay, it lifts kind of like a gate backwards, right? And creates uh, that. So right. that's a bylaw specifically for Pointe Claire and Beaconsfield, but the rest of Montreal does not have that bylaw. The only ones they follow is the Canadian Plumbing Code, which is any fixture in the basement requires a backwater valve.
0: Got it. Got it. So if you are doing any replacements of fixtures, you want to make sure that you're putting in a backflow valve, correct? Yeah.
1: Anything in the basement. In the basement. Yeah. Okay. Only in the basement. The, some people get a little bit confused when they read it up on Google, they think everywhere needs it and that's really not the case. Um, it's only stuff below grade.
0: And why is that? Why just below grade? Uh,
1: because if the sewers are going to back up from the city, they're always going to reach uh, street level. And obviously, your first floor is slightly higher than street level. So there's no risk. Got it.
0: Now, back to cast iron for a second, because I know this from personal experience. Um, And I've heard you say this uh, on your Facebook page and many times is, do not use Drano. And and this is a big misconception, I think, out there. And Mm -hmm. I've heard you say, like, it should almost be illegal. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: There's really no reason for anybody to be putting Drano down. It is a strong acid. It's meant to eat stuff. Uh, there's no protection when it comes to cast iron. It's literally how it sounds. It's iron that's been cast, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just going to eat it and wear and tear it. And there's nothing we can do once you put Drano down. It's not detrimental the first time, but people will use it religiously. It'll go on sale at the big box stores, you know, for five bucks. kind of want to walk around and just put my sticker on the back or in the box of them, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a free promotion for me. And, um... It'll eat everything. I had a client recently, he poured a full bottle down. It ate all the enamel on his stainless steel sink. It ate the, it's called a basket strainer, which is the drain connection from the stainless steel to the uh, plastic
0: piping, the ABS. It just ate it. And then- uh, So what advice do you have for homeowners that have got a slow moving drain or a clog? Really
1: hot water will always help, um, even for preventative maintenance. You know, I have three kids. Uh, You know, you got to rinse off that ketchup, right? Just run the water an additional 30 seconds to a minute, really hot water. It'll help break up everything. Um, When all of those sauces congeal in the pipe because they reach room temperature, it creates a sludge. And even if you put Drano down, it might help temporarily, but it won't fix the problem. Right. You really need to pass the right equipment to unblock it. What a homeowner can can do is really hot water. A plunger will probably get the majority of it, unless the blockage is either really bad or farther than the plunger can reach.
0: And is there? I've heard snakes. You can uh, run yeah. snakes down there. Is there anything they need to be aware of if they're if a homeowner is trying to use a, a plumbing snake?
1: Yeah, it's really difficult to pass a cable from the the fish. It's a usually a braided cable, quarter inch or three eighths. It's really hard to pass that through a P trap. So what a plumber will do, will we will install a clean-out before the P-trap so that we have an access point directly into the drains that's considered full port, okay? Got it. We can pass proper cutter heads. We can pass the right size cable. We also have more commercialized or industrial equipment rather than what you can get a big box store.
0: What's a cutter head?
1: Um, it's just a serrated piece of steel okay. that clips onto the cable that will allow us to scrape the edges or to bore a hole through the blockage. Got it. And the heads are really designed for specific needs. Uh, we do have the education to choose what head for what type of blockage. Um, that's really important. At the end of the day, if you are doing it yourself, whatever you put down to improve the situation will, will be great especially to get you started hot water will always take care of the rest
0: should you be doing that like on a regular basis like just take take some boiling hot water and put that down your drains once a month or something
1: you don't need to boil hot water um, like in a kettle or a pot you can just use the hot water from the tap and just run that in an additional you know 30 seconds to a minute if you do that once every two weeks that would definitely um give you a fighting chance from not having buildup
0: you mentioned you you install an access in the p trap yes is that something that you you know you explain to to homeowners and and we do and show them how they can get access to that if there is a blockage
1: yes we do we don't put it on the p trap itself i'm not the biggest fan of the cleanouts. um that's more of a personal preference Mm -hmm. um you're going to have a bunch of different opinions on that um depending on what you read i just don't it's another point of access that can leak so Not my favorite. So we do install the clean-out prior Prior to to the the P-trap. And then depending on the handing level of the homeowner, um, we can teach them how to use it if they're comfortable with that. Um, That's a 50-50. You'll have some people who absolutely love it and will do it themselves. And then they trust us. And then we were able to secure a client that way. Um, The ones that aren't, it's a $10 item. It's not going to break the budget, and the next time we come, it'll change the overall cost by a solid twenty-five percent.
0: Got it. That's good to know. Now, what are the biggest culprits? You know, because you've I, you mentioned this to me too. I, yep. I've got, you know, I had two daughters at home, and uh, the the hair and the conditioners and the shampoos and things like that. Any what are the biggest culprits for for clogged drains?
1: Um, mostly hair. It Surprisingly, it's hair, and that will. Dependent on how many people are in the home, what the pipes are made out of. Um, obviously, if it's made out of plastic, um, it's smoother, you'll probably get a larger lifespan before the blockage happens. Um, versus if you have galvanized steel drains, it will happen quite often. Um, and cast iron, same deal, it'll happen about the same speed as a, as a galvanized steel drain. So, conditioner for sure Um, because one and the shampoo as well once all that all of it gets rinsed out it will congeal in the pipe
0: like oil and grease like oil
1: and grease it's the same concept right it's all great when it's you know room temperature but in the in the drains it's going to cool down and it gets really sludgy there's not much we can really do apart from passing a fish hot water is always great it's just not always realistic in a bathtub or in a shower it's a little bit more realistic in a kitchen sink.
0: Any other tips, advice, um, for preventative maintenance, things that homeowners should be aware of in terms of preventing, uh, clogs, overflows, leaks, things like that.
1: Um, for blockages, you can always put more strainers. So in the kitchen sink, you can go to the dollar store, pick up a strainer. It'll capture all of the food. Um, so instead of that going down your drain, you could put into the garbage or the compost. Um, same thing for the bathtub or the shower, you can get additional strainers to catch all of the hair. So you catch it before it makes it into the drain and that will in turn save you one or two service calls a year.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Let's, let's switch gears and go down into the, the basement again. Um, sure. One big item we see more and more these days with the, the storms we've been having and the power outages are sump pumps and the importance of a sump pump. Let me yeah. talk a little bit about that.
1: So what you can get at the big box store is not the same quality as a plumber will provide. Okay. We really have to provide top-notch sump pumps because we are 100% liable. If we put in something of poor quality, the insurance will come after us, okay? Mm -hmm. So there is going to be a cost difference, and it's always worth it to go to a plumber for a sump pump, hands down. Um, Knowing what size to put in to make sure that your pit is the correct size to handle uh, the water around your house is also important. Where we are in the West Island, the water tables have been rising consistently over the last few years. I've had people with pits that have been dry for 25, 30 years that all of a sudden have water and they have you know the tiniest pump imaginable. Mm-hmm. It just can't keep up. So we do have a lot of options in terms of just regular electric pumps. Okay, mm-hmm. We can also size the pits accordingly um, based on just a little bit of math of hydraulic loads. After that, you can do one of two options. You can put in a battery backup system or you can put in a water pressure system.
0: What's the difference between those two?
1: So the battery backup will just be a regular motor that works off of a marine battery. It's usually a quarter horsepower, but we can go to stronger ones. So some models that some of the people watching can look up is a Liberty 441 or a Liberty 442. Those are the two I strongly recommend. They're great products. They're easy to fix. They come with a great warranty. That's probably where I would start. But you're also subject to a battery life. Okay. Yeah. I was
0: going to say, how long does a battery typically last? So
1: there's a lot that goes into that. It really depends on where you are, how high the water table is, how big the rainfall is. So how often the the pump pump goes on, did your primary fail? Did you lose electricity? Um, all of that. Okay. It can last anywhere between eight and 36 hours, which is a really, really large swing. So it's very dependent on where you live. Obviously if you're closer to the, uh, to the water, or you find your pit just fills up very quickly, we have to go to the 442 model. And a lot of this can be offset with multiple batteries. Okay. okay? So you so can you, string them along. You can put them in series or okay. parallel, okay? You can talk to an electrician to make sure that you wire your battery cells accordingly, okay? That can definitely be done to give you more time. Uh, the other type is the SJ10 from Liberty that works off of something called a Venturi system. So as the water flows uh, uh, horizontally, okay, depending on the gallons per minute that the city provides, it will create a siphon vertically, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's how that works. There's a few flaws with this. One, it's not always that strong. It's really designed to keep your pit from overflowing, but it's not designed to empty it, okay? So if you've got
0: heavy rainfall and a lot of water coming in, it may not be able to keep up, is that it? It probably
1: won't keep up, okay? The benefits is you're not dependent on a battery system or electricity. It really works off of municipal pressure. The downside to that is they're technically not legal. There is a bylaw in Montreal that you're not allowed to use municipal pressure as a motor of any kind. Hmm. That being said, it is your own home. If you break one or two rules, most people will understand that you're trying to protect your investment. So as long as the, clients are aware of what we're putting in the risks involved and what they have to tell uh, the new homeowners or the or the broker when they do sell um,
0: there are solutions. And we're hearing a lot more these days people opting for the generator, especially given the, the recent ice storm we had where you know power was out for almost a week or, or longer yeah. and the batteries are not going to be a viable option at that point. If you're if you're out of power for more than a few days,
1: that's right. If you put in a generator and you have a battery backup, you can also char uh, you can charge it with a trickle charge, okay? And that can be hooked up to the generator. The downside of the generator is you have to be home to start it.
0: Or you could have the the one that is directly link, you know linked to the panel. So as soon as the power goes off, the generator um, kicks in. Yes. Okay. Any other? tips, advice about, uh, sump pump and, you know, maintenance, uh, how often you should be testing these things.
1: So some pumps will last anywhere between six and 10 years, depending on where you find your information. Um, I usually don't go over eight years. I just find it's just not worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to keep your pit clean. So in the winter, when all the ground freezes and your pit has no water, take a shot back, clean up all of the, uh, the grime, you know, the rocks, the sand, the, the earth, so that it doesn't clog the pump, okay? That's really, really easy for any homeowner to do. Um, if you find you're having some issues with your pump, don't wiggle it and be like, oh, it works now. Just Just change it out, okay? The other thing is to really look at the exit pipe, okay? The majority of pumps will connect to something called a storm drain, rather than your sewer system, okay? Now, if that pipe is only inch and a half, there's a solid chance that it won't be able to uh, keep up. And you really wanna increase that to a two inch or even have a three inch coming into the house so that you can attach multiple pumps.
0: So what's involved in, in changing the that uh, the diameter of the, of the storm sewer pipe?
1: That's a little bit more uh, invasive. We do have to dig a trench outside your home to a ditch. So that's very popular um, along the strip of the 20, so Dorval, Pointe Claire, Beaconsfield, Baydurev, St. annes they, the, a lot of people by the water will have a ditch um, before it hits the street. That's where we can dig that trench to the ditch, and it'll take all of the water. Um, for the ones that don't, if they have a, if it's graded, so if your house is slightly higher than the street, and the, um, and the front of your house is graded down, we can just pop it out, and. Um, That's really what we're looking for. There are going to be a a solid 50% of the homeowners that it connects to the sewage. Is it legal? No. No. Has it been done for 20, 30, 40 years? Yes. Uh, It's just important to know that if the city drains can't handle it and block, your sump pump will have nowhere to go. So a solution to that is to build an overflow into the garden bed yeah it's unfortunate you have a pump that you know may hurt some of your plants but at the same time you have to protect your investment
0: okay and then the other issue again um i had a home that was built in the in the 50s Mm -hmm. and found that the main sewer line out to the city was completely uh, collapsed maybe it was tree roots getting in there uh, clogging that up Um, sometimes they were ceramic uh,
1: yeah, so it's made out of clay, clay. made out of terracotta. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the main drains from really like 1910 to pretty much like 1960, maybe even 70, were made out of either terracotta or um, asbestos
0: cement. So you should, before purchasing a house of a, a house built in in that era, the 50s and, and 60s, maybe you should check and make sure what's what kind of condition that uh, that sewer line is.
1: Absolutely. You should always do a camera inspection if you're going to buy a house. You really want to make sure you know, the intestines of the house are functional. So those are very large jobs for us. We do them on a regular basis.
0: So what's involved in that, in, in uh, replacing those pipes? Honestly,
1: it's getting an excavator, digging down between 6 and sometimes 12 feet, and changing it. Um, we don't have the right to change what the city owns, so we can only go up to the city valve, right? Um, which is on the homeowner's side. After that, it's... Uh, it's a separate contract for the city to take care of on their end. Uh, so we can't provide you know, USB keys with video proof and pictures and all of that in case that does happen. But we do have to excavate on a regular basis, uh, especially when there's a very large oak or maple tree. Because
0: um, those roots can really get in there. And-
1: oh yeah, normally what you see uh, you know above ground, it's double what you see below ground, right? And those roots really, really enjoy water. And they're gonna go to a steady stream of it. And that's really what it is. When you have cracks in your sewage drain, the tree doesn't understand sewage. It thinks it's a steady stream of water and it's going to drink it all the time. And um, we can pass a fish to cut some of the uh, roots, but only up until a certain extent. You know, as long as they're, you know, black and earthy, we can cut them. But once those roots start, you know, uh, increasing in diameter and they're more brown or white, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, right. so it's a, it's a temporary fix. It's a temporary fix. So you want to replace that with PVC, I'm assuming? Uh,
1: yeah, so the, the code is a PVC, but it's rated SDR. So it's rated for underground. And then we have different wall thicknesses and colors. So you have the white and green pipe you've probably seen uh, driving around. You know what the city uses? Yeah. Um, they're just different wall thicknesses. Um, But we do have codes that we have to follow and inspectors to uh, check our work.
0: So you've got different pipe for sewer line versus the storm sewer, is that correct? That's right. So the storm sewer would be from your sump pump out to the city storm sewer, and then you've got your sewage pipe that's coming from your your main sewer line out to the city sewer. That's
1: right. So you're really looking at a five-inch drain uh, for the sewage, and it's usually a six-inch drain for the storm. And we always have to check municipal bylaws in case there's any changes every year. Um, but for the most part, that's what we're uh, installing.
0: How about the actual main water line, the water supply line from the city? Um, I know in older homes, sometimes it's a, it's a smaller pipe. You're not getting as much water pressure as you could. So
1: the new, the new bylaws in Montreal is everything has to be three quarter copper and it has to be soft copper. Uh, the rating is is the letter k it's also due to the wall thickness mm-hmm. okay. you have m for residential l which is commercial and then you have k which
0: is soft copper okay and what's the reason for that like to 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 maximize pressure longevity mostly longevity mostly you know
1: you can't put a thin copper pipe underground it just won't last and how about the
0: size would that would that affect your your water pressure so
1: pressure no but volume yes okay. so there's a misconception between volume and pressure right The pressure will always be between 50 and 60 PSI, no matter what size the pipe is, right? The city has massive, massive pumps. So you're always going to get between 50 and 60 PSI. What you won't get is the volume. So the more fixtures you get, the more volume of water you need to be able to pull from. Um, And that's really what's going to matter.
0: Got it. So what are people looking for these days when they want, you know, a good amount of water, not a, a dribble from their shower?
1: You're looking at a three-quarter pipe. If you're looking at some of these new construction homes, they're quite large. People are putting more money into their homes because they have home offices now. That's getting very popular. We can even bring in a one-inch copper line, and then we can do the rest of the house with one-inch risers, and then we can do distribution to the fixtures in three-quarters. And then when we get into the room... Uh, we can reduce it to half an inch. So it's really looking like a tree. You have the trunk and then you have the branches and then you have the smaller branches with the leaves. And it's literally the same concept. Back to sump pumps. I know
0: there's um, more and more we're seeing the issue of radon being a a concern in homes. It's an odorless, colorless gas. It's uh, the second leading Mm -hmm. cause of lung cancer. Um, And I know that one of the, 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 the places that radon can come into the home is through uh, the basement and the sump pump pits. So maybe talk a little bit about what homeowners can do to protect themselves.
1: Absolutely. So the there are new laws for sump pump pits and they're supposed to be completely sealed now. Um, and then the issue with that is we have to compete against handymen who aren't as educated as plumbers. They're not professionals. They're handymen for a reason, right? Nothing wrong with that. just comes down to we have different uh, ways of obtaining our knowledge. So... If everything has to be a sealed pit, that means we also have to add a vent to allow fresh air into the pit. Otherwise, the pump will create a vacuum um, and it will burn out, right? Right. One of the, uh, there's a few issues we have with this is one is inventory. Not every manufacturer has switched to a sealed pit. Um, so a lot of our suppliers will carry regular garage style pitches, which will pits, which is what we use for some pumps, but it still has the holes in it. The second one is price. It's very difficult to explain to a homeowner why you're almost double the next guy. And that's because we're attempting to do everything right. It's important for us to make sure the homeowner can make an educated decision, but we still have, you know, the issue of we're trying to provide the best solution, but budget is also a real thing for clients.
0: Because I've heard you can just go and buy a plastic cover yep. at, uh, at the local big box store. 100 bucks.
1: I mean, and, and
0: what's the difference between that and a, and a professionally closed something? It's not sealed. It's the, not sealed properly. It's not sealed properly. So air can still yep. escape.
1: So you're still subject to potential radon gases. Gotcha. Um, obviously, if you're going to be changing your whole slab and you're on a budget for certain things. You can always do a radon test. If you don't have radon, that's a whole different ballgame. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that it is supposed to be a sealed pit. Gotcha.
0: And you mentioned something else to me before we uh, mm-hmm. we started recording about uh, a problem that's uh, you're seeing more and more off island, like in, yeah, in so Hudson,
1: uh, Hudson Saint Tindies. Lazar, Rigo. Um, it does have iron ochre, which is like uh, another term is orangeburg. It's the orange sludge. Okay, so it's iron minerals that get sludgy that make it through your French drain into your sump pit. Your pump will then pump all of it out, the water out, including the sludge. Um, And it'll block a lot of things. It'll block the exit. It'll block the pump. It'll block your French drains. Okay. Now, if all of those are blocked, then all the water will push through the cement. You have to remember, cement is porous, right? So, hydrostatic pressure, which means water pushing from the bottom through will happen and you will get water deposits and you will get mineral deposits. That's the white powder you see along cement or along the walls, right?
0: Yeah, that effort Uh, Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, So a great solution is to have that jetted. So it needs, it's really a industrial hose and that will clean your French drain. Um, That you should get professionally done, but you can easily rinse out your pit. Easily
0: with a, pressure a, hose, washer or a bu- hose, yeah,
1: just a regular hose, um, bucket of warm water, maybe you know, a little bit of elbow grease, you know, just a little bit of manpower just mm-hmm. scrub it clean. But if you were to do that, you know, once every two months and keep your pit clean of the iron ochre, it will increase the lifespan of your pump. And at that point, we're putting in a pump worth six hundred, seven hundred dollars. If you want to change that every two years, we're more than happy to do it for you. But we'd rather give you the information to keep the lifespan of your pumps longer. Maybe instead of two years, you last five or six, and then it'd be still nice if you called us back for that.
0: Right, that's great, that's a great tip. Um, How about technology? Like since you first came into the trade, got your license, um, you know, when you first started out, to today, have you seen a big uh, increase in, the amount of new technology that's available, um, new, new techniques and, and, and ways of operating?
1: A lot of the pipe have been, has been around for longer than anybody can even imagine. Even PEX has been around for over 25 years, mm-hmm. but it only started getting used largely in the last decade, at least from what I've seen. Um, there's also commercial grade PEX, which is called Wurzbo or Upanor, and that uh, will expand instead of crimping it So it's just different. Um, That's not available at the big box stores at all. It's really copper or PEX. We have access to other stuff. And then in terms of copper, they've now come out with uh, something called ProPress, which is copper fittings with a gasket inside. And we have a special tool to clamp that down. So we're we're really moving away from soldering and moving more to simplicity.
0: And what's the advantages to that?
1: Uh, It saves on time a lot of time uh yeah it's labor when we're charging over a hundred dollars an hour for the plumber you know the difference between a four-hour job and a two-hour job can be you know
0: and how about the complexity of jobs you mentioned you know now you're you're working on much bigger homes where there's much more uh you know fixtures in a house than, the, than there used to be and and just organizing all of the plumbing and yeah. setting it up properly that must have changed a bit
1: absolutely so people love bathrooms um everybody wants their own ensuite bathroom. We're doing a lot less of oh, this is the main bathroom for the family and um more well, I have four bedrooms, I'm going to put in four bathrooms. Everybody wants their own bathroom. Everybody wants their own bathroom. So, knowing how to size the piping is very interesting for me. That's really what I focus on on my quotes is how to size everything accordingly cuz a uh, fun fact, engineers are not obliged to give you anything when it comes to plumbing. They do have to make the blueprints and the plans for electrical, for lighting, for foundation, for insulation. They do not have to do a single thing for plumbing.
0: So if somebody is building a new home, for example, or doing a major renovation, what would you recommend they do?
1: Uh, Either get a very talented engineer or architect or have a trusted plumber that can work in conjunction with the engineer to size everything properly. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes engineers will make is they don't understand plumbing, so they don't care how it's ran, which means how do I fit my pipes in the wall? Um, nobody wants, you know, a big sewage pipe in their living room. Mm. Uh, so I do need appropriate divisions or I need the wall to be a two by six or a two by eight to be able to fit the drains or to fit the water lines Um
0: so it's proper planning and bringing in the experts early on.
1: Early on yeah, the last thing you want to do is to hire the plumber last minute and then for him to turn around and say, well, how would you like me to run your drains? That's not a fun sentence we want to uh, say to homeowners
0: right And any other common misconceptions or or uh, you know myths, I guess would be a way to say it that you that you hear, Uh, when you're out there, you know, visiting homes and, Um, you know, doing repairs and doing renovations?
1: Probably the biggest one is I didn't know I couldn't flush that. (laughs) (laughs) That, You
0: must have seen some interesting stuff.
1: uh, I mean, you name it, I've seen it. Um, And surprisingly, it's not kids. It's always the adults. Really? Yeah. Hands down, always the adults. Yeah. Like what? These wipes? Wipes are by far the most profitable for us. Mm -hmm. They do not dissolve, despite what they say on the packaging. And uh, the longest blockage I've done with wipes uh, took us 33 hours. Wow. Yeah, 33 hours to unblock it. And uh, I mean, garbage bags and garbage bags full of wipes. And there was nothing we can do. We just had to keep going.
0: So the moral of the story, don't flush wipes. Don't flush wipes.
1: Yeah, that's not fun.
0: And what else? Anything else you stay away from?
1: That, that's going to be the brunt of it. I mean, you're always welcome to check out my Facebook
0: page yeah, for the other yeah. pictures. I won't go into now because <laughs> some of them are more crude. But uh, And how about exterior yeah. uh, plumbing? You know, uh, I've uh, you're seeing more and more uh, on my building inspections. We're seeing uh, frost-free is the recommendation that building inspectors have, you know, to make sure that your exterior faucets aren't, aren't freezing and, and, and cracking so and causing... Like- causing leaks and floods?
1: Absolutely. So the code is to put in a frost free, which is a 12 inch stem, so that it closes at the end of the 12 inches and not at the beginning of where the faucet is, okay? The issue is most people don't know how to drain them properly and they leave their hose connected. So even if there's a little bit of water in that 12 inch stem, it will still freeze and burst. It's really not a well-designed product, okay? But somebody somewhere decided this was the norm every home inspector was like, this is the norm. And every plumber is like, man, I wish this could be better. Um, so there usually is a vacuum breaker on top of the frost free. So you have your hose outlet, you have the handle and you usually have a little nut on the top. Okay. Ideally, when you shut everything off, you unscrew that nut that's on the top that will allow a little bit of air in assuming the frost free was installed correctly, which is a very, very slight slant towards the outside, mm-hmm. everything will drain.
0: So if you don't have a frost free and you've got a regular faucet, I was I was told you turn off your, your water from the inside yep. and then you open the faucet to allow That's it to right. drain out before the frost comes.
1: Yeah, so what we've started doing now is putting a valve on the inside, even with a frost free and saying, if you do not shut this valve, there is no more warranty. Because every year there's, there's a large amount of clients. I think we change between 50 and 80 a
0: year. And I guess don't leave your garden hose. And don't
1: leave your garden hose connected. Yeah.
0: Because it's probably full of water.
1: It's definitely full of water.
0: Okay. <laughs> Anything else that you can uh, give, give our homeowners tips, advice, uh, you know, seasonal type of maintenance? What's the biggest thing to prevent uh, flood in your house?
1: Knowing where your main valve is there is a surprisingly large amount of clients that do not know how to shut their own water. It's usually located at the front of the house, usually in the center. It's often under a staircase or in a crawl space, um, or in just there's a cutout in the wall that you can open up and then you can check that out. But just as simple as being able to shut off the water in an emergency will allow the plumber to get to you to fix everything, and it'll eliminate the damage, eliminate an insurance claim.
0: Gotcha, and I, the shutoff valve. You see, some of the old ones are the uh, yes. you know those old uh, wheel. It's yeah versus it's, a a quarter-turn ball a valve. Quarter-turn ball valve. Yeah,
1: definitely something to always update. Always, if there's a, a any valve that you have a hard time turning, or leaks when you turn it, or you have to turn it like four or five or six times to get it to shut off, should be updated as soon as possible. These are just like, it's a small preventative measure that will protect your home. Okay. That's really what we're looking for.
0: What about water consumption? You hear a lot about these low flow toilets and, uh, you know, saving water through uh, special fixtures on your, on your shower, things like that. What, how much could it be costing a homeowner if you've got like a tiny leak or uh, a toilet that, you know, keeps filling up? Thousands. Thousands of dollars.
1: Because when you're paying for water in Point Clair or Beaconsfield, they do not care that you left your toilet running. That's not their problem. They will bill you for the water. And every year uh, around springtime, I get calls from those two municipalities uh, of clients panicking that their water consumption, their water bill is $2,500, $3,000, $4,000. That's insane. It's few hundred bucks to fix your toilet. You know, don't let things go. Get them fixed right away. It will save you money in the long run. Now, in terms of water consumption, like you mentioned, uh, most of the toilets that were low flow from 20 years ago, they don't exist. The new ones coming out, they all have ratings of how much they can flush. Okay. Mm-hmm the majority of them will be able to handle it. You're only going to get a couple of really, really low quality toilets that you get for $80 that will probably cause blockages. Okay. But they're all six liters now. They're even 4.8 liters and that's more than enough water. You're never going to find a toilet at 13 liters anymore. It just doesn't exist.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Anything else that uh, you'd like to touch on before we wrap?
1: Um, just hot water tanks. Just keep in mind, there is a, uh, 10 years that's what the insurance will give you doesn't mean your tank won't last longer than 10 years it means the insurance will consider it negligence on the homeowner so double check the uh, the year that it was made and if it is older than 10 years then you should be giving somebody a call
0: and should there be some kind of uh, you know pan underneath uh, to prevent if it does leak at some point is there's is there something that should be attached to a, to a floor drain?
1: So it should be attached to a pan unless there's a floor drain in the room. Okay. That's technically the code. Um, but put it in a pan. If it buys you a night, you know, um, not everybody knows how to drain a hot water tank. You have to keep in mind it is electrical. So people get a little afraid when they have to touch more than one tray at a time. But the pan will save your basement. So I do recommend it.
0: And you mentioned one thing too about, you know, water being... Sometimes more destructive than fire.
1: Hands down it is more destructive than fire. The fire will burn everything. It can be put out. They can rebuild. But once water gets somewhere, if they miss it, if they don't detect it with the humidity detector, you will have mold. And if you have mold, you will get sick. So that's why I think it's worse than fire because it's not just damaging your property, it could also damage your health. So you really want to make sure that any leaks get fixed right away. You don't want to just put a bucket
0: for 6 months. That's right. So keep an eye on your on your on your fixtures. Yep. Make sure you fix any leaks immediately, call a licensed plumber. Yep. That was one last thing is, what are some things that you've seen where you know, this is obviously a do it yourself job, this is a handyman, this is not done by a professional plumber. What are some things that you would recommend? that homeowners do not try and do themselves
1: anything they're not comfortable with is probably the easiest answer there's a lot of people who even handymen they can do some plumbing that'll be functional even if it's not correct and it won't leak you're gonna you have to pick and choose your battles on this one
0: what are the high risk ones
1: the high risk really working on anything old even in passing a fish on old drains you can easily break the drains you know and then when you're testing all the water comes out where in the basement that you didn't know you broke the drain and that causes a flood Um, if you want to try something yourself you can more than welcome to change a flapper maybe change a, a kitchen faucet something that's you know relatively low risk but anything that could snowball i wouldn't give it a shot Call a licensed professional, let us take care of it from beginning to end. It's always cheaper for us to be able to go in right away rather than wait for you to touch it and for us to have to undo what you did. It's always more time consuming.
0: Do you offer sort of some troubleshooting uh, advice and tips to people sort of maybe to, to save a, a service call, you can do a, you know, sort of a, a preventative uh, check and, and walk the homeowner through what the issue is before, before going over?
1: There's not a whole lot that I'm allowed to recommend that they do themselves, but when it comes to looking for specific parts for something that I can diagnose on the phone, uh, we do encourage homeowners to do that labor themselves rather than pay us. So if we need a specific cartridge or we have to call the manufacturer, we can always give them a list of questions or guide them in the right way so that we don't have to
0: do that. Um, That would definitely save them. uh, Awesome. So, Jason, let us know where can we find you if uh, we have more questions uh, or need, need the services of a, of a great plumber.
1: Sure. You can always find us on uh, Facebook for Precision Plumbing. Uh, you can also look us up on Google. Just type in Precision Plumbing and Heating Facebook. It'll bring you right to that page. Um, you can also call or text me at 514-209-3489. And shortly, we'll have a website up where you can find more information and check us out.
0: Awesome. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to join the Homeowners Advisory Club and get access to the Directory of Trusted Service Providers, where Precision Plumbing is one of our uh, many trusted service providers, tradespeople. Thanks very much. Awesome.
1: That was cool. Take care. Mm